Good morning, thank you for tuning in. I'm Amanda. I'm Courtney. And we'd like to welcome you to the Living Water Christian Center Church where the word is plentiful and the spirit of the Lord lives. We bring you greetings from our pastors, Pastor Theodore A. Faison and Pastor Linda Faison. We hope that you are blessed by the word today and we hope that you continue to like, subscribe, and share. Have a blessed day. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being our God and our Father. We thank you for hearing our prayers. Lord, we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to trust in you and to believe what you say. Help us, Lord, to be attentive to your word and be obedient to your commands. Help us, Father, to depend on you and to follow hard after you and to imitate you as dear children. We thank you for these things, even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. This is Pastor Faison from the Living Water Christian Center Church in East Orange, New Jersey. And we celebrate Jesus every day, not just on this day, but all the time. And we're so grateful. We are so grateful. We're studying in the Word of God in 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. The reason why we go um, do books at a time is so we don't miss anything. Amen. So if we were just doing topics and bouncing around doing different topics, we would miss stuff. And the reason why we do books or letters, so we have to cover everything as much as possible. And this is interesting today because we've been talking about submission. We've been talking about reporting to government and reporting to employers and, and, um, and reporting to different authorities. And now we're going to start talking about husbands and wives a little bit. And I have to admit, um, one sermon or one lesson is not enough. We need a whole seminar and we need a whole month to really do this justice. So I'm apologizing in advance, but this will be okay. It says, likewise, <laughs> ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. It's saying here that um, you're in subjection to your own husband, not to somebody else's, of course, and that if you have a husband, if you're a Christian woman and you're married to a man who's not a Christian, um, and he's not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says that he could be one. He could be drawn to the Lord without preaching to him, without you preaching to him. Okay? All right? Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Because it says that here that it will be without the word but be one by the conversation. Conversation is your lifestyle, your conduct, your, way, your words that you talk, and the way you behave yourself. Okay, and so Peter is trying to help these women out that have husbands who are not believers. And so he's saying, you, it's okay, you, the way you act, the way you behave yourself, the way you treat him, and the way you conduct yourself in the home and outside the home will be what will draw him to the Lord. Look what else it says here. While he behold your chaste, conversation coupled with fear, coupled with reverence, okay? The Bible says that the wife should reverence her husband. 
whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plaiting of hair and the wearing of gold and of the putting on apparel, but let it be the hitting man or the hitting person of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, <laughs> which is in sight of God, which is in sight of God of great price. Look what it says here. It says here, it's not the outward appearance. Now, we know you want to look good, and you're going to do the best you can to be well-groomed and attractive and stuff like that. Yes, go ahead and be that way, okay? But that's not what, that's not what is what is going to draw him if you have an unsaved husband. Um, that's, not, it's, that's not the thing that's going to draw him to the Lord. It's going to be your spirit. It's going to be your attitude. It's going to be your, your character. It's what's important, okay? So the Bible is not prohibiting you from looking good. Oh, come on. You know, and fixing yourself up and doing your hair and all those wonderful things. You know, because your husband wants that too. You know? But it's saying it's, it's your attitude. It's your inward person that's going to draw him to the Lord. Okay? You know, the scripture says um, he beautified the meek with salvation. But y'all know sometimes that takes too long. So you go to the hairdresser. You go get your nails done. You go get shopping. And you do the things you need to do. Okay? But, um... The beauty that we're talking about here is the inward beauty. Okay? So um, it says, let it be the hidden person of the heart. <laughs> and look what it says here. And um, if I start laughing, y'all forgive me. Okay? For after this manner in old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. You know, I tried to get my wife to call me Lord once. The laughter was incredible. She, my family, and everybody listening just broke out laughing because they knew this was not going to happen. Now, we're not requiring, the Bible doesn't require you to call your husband Lord or Sir or Master or things like that, but it is requiring you to be reverent, you know, to reverent your husband, to reverent the man of God. And he needs to reverent you too, of course, you know, but we're just talking to the wives at this moment. And so it, so it says that Sarah called him Lord. That was, in that culture, she had no choice. She had to do that. In this culture, you American women, I don't know how many of you will call your husband Lord. You know, on one Father's Day, last Father's Day, I had a button that said I was the boss. And in the card that the button came in, it says I could wear that today and give it back to mom tomorrow. You know, so, so I'm just letting you in a little something at my house. Okay? So anyhow, what is saying here that women of God, you know, you are, you are gracious, and you are wonderful, and you are precious, and you are important, and you serve the Lord the best you can, and you got this man who does not agree with you on, the, on Jesus, right? Um, it's the word of God saying, don't, don't try to preach it in them, okay? Because um, your, your preaching and your witnessing uh, will be interpreted as nagging, 
okay? And that's what happens when we, when we talk to our loved ones and we see them all the time and we preach to them all the time. It becomes nagging, you know? And it's, if the word is right and what you're saying is true, but the way it comes across, the way it's received is not helpful all the time. Okay, so what we need to do, and this, this works not just with the wives towards the husbands. It works the other way, too. If the husband has an unsaved wife, you know, um, your preaching to her is not going to bring her in. It's the way you treat each other, the way you love each other, the way you conduct yourselves, your Christian living, and the way you move around the house and the neighborhood and the things, the what he or she sees is what's going to make the difference. We have to show ourselves, and we say it all the time, we have to be examples of believers. Even in the home, the work, the school, the neighborhood, wherever we are, we need to be examples of believers, and especially amongst our loved ones and the ones who know us the best, the ones who see your faults. You know, We need to be examples of believers among them. This work with adult children as well. Okay, um, you have a, if you have adult children and you want to witness to them, you want to share with them, you do that when you can. But if you do it a lot, you're nagging. You'll be nagging that man, that woman that you raised, you know, and, and they, will, they will be repelled by it. It's like, it's like coming up in somebody's space too often. And I know that they're yours and you brought them into the world, and they're your, your sons and daughters, and, and you have the right to say what you want to say to them, but once they get grown, it's hard to say those things and be received the same way, okay? So, like it says here, if they don't obey the word, if they're not Christian, you can win them without the word, without your preaching to them. Now, somebody needs to preach to them, and the Lord will provide a witness for you. The Lord will provide someone to do the preaching, or and your lifestyle will be the preaching. And that will draw them to Christ. We have some mothers in the church, and we have some younger women in the church who have been married to unsaved men, and, and the Lord has drew them. The Lord does the drawing. You wanna, you're not doing the drawing. And we have some saints in the church. We have some folks in the church who just feel like they have to preach to their loved one every time they get, and they chase them away. It's just sad. They just repel them. They chase them away, you know, because they want to preach to them every time they get. And they're worried about them, I understand. And you should be concerned, but what you need to do is pray. Pray, pray, pray. You, you want to preach, you want to preach, you want to preach. But when you do it to your family members, you just repel them. You just push them away, and they can't take you. So what you need to do is pray for them, pray for yourself. Lord, help me to trust you. Help me to trust you for the salvation of my son. Help me to trust you for the salvation of my spouse. Help me to trust you for the salvation of my mom or whoever I'm praying for. Help me to trust you, Lord, and give me wisdom Teach me when to speak and teach me when to be quiet. But always help me to live the life in front of them so I could be an example, so I will not be the stumbling block, so I won't be the one they say, well, these Christians aren't real anyway because I've seen it in the, in the folks I know. You know. We don't want to be that way. We don't want to be that Christian. We don't want to be talked about in such a way. 
Amen. And one thing that helps us is that when you make mistakes, you admit it. I was wrong. I made a mistake. I should not have done that. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I'll do better. Those things help. Those things help in any relationship. It's okay um, to admit that you were in error. And it's important to do that. And this way, um, relationships and, um, and fellowship can be reconciled if it's broken. It can be reconciled, hopefully, because you admit that you were the wrong wrong. Now, as a husband, I do this a lot. You know, just, it just happens that way. You know, um, I have to admit that I'm wrong. Okay, it just, just comes with the office. When you get the ring, you have to learn how to apologize. You know, it just happens that way. Okay, but when the other person is wrong, you don't have to beat them over the head with it. Okay, you don't do that. So look what it says here. Can I read this to you one more time? It says, likewise, because it's talking about people who are in submission to other people. Likewise, ye wives, being subject to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, without you preaching to them, be won by the conversation of the wise, by the behavior and conduct of the wise. While they, while the husbands behold your chaste, your pure conversation, your pure behavior, coupled with fear, coupled with the reverence that you have for him, who's adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair and the wearing of the gold and of the putting on the apparel. The outward stuff is not the stuff that's going to draw him to Christ. It would draw him to you. <laughs> that's probably what drew him in the beginning, right? But it's not what is going to draw him to Christ, okay? Go on and look good, and, but that's not going to work for him to come to the Lord. Um, but let it be the hidden man, the hidden person of the heart, in that which is not corruptible. All the stuff we do on the outside is corruptible, but what you have on the inside is incorruptible, okay? Even the ornament of a meek, meek means teachable and able to talk to. So when someone's meek, they're, they're teachable, and you can, they're approachable, and you can talk to them, all right? It's the opposite of being proud and, um, and, and arrogant and things like that. And quiet spirit. This doesn't mean that you can't talk. It just means that your spirit is quiet. You know, to have a quiet spirit means that in your, on your inside, you're, you're uh, at peace. You're relaxed, okay? Your spirit is okay, you know? And um, so many times there's people who, who don't, folks don't have a quiet spirit, and they have a lot of mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And there are some folk with a lot of mouth, and they talk all the time. And, and they're always talking. They always have to be heard, but they don't listen well. If you have a quiet spirit, you're able to listen to people. Okay? Even the ones you disagree with, you're able to listen to them. And that's very important. Even in leadership, you need to be able to listen. Okay? You need to be able to hear and try to understand what the other person is saying, especially when you're in a disagreement. Because we said it before, if there's two people together, you have an opportunity for leadership and there's an opportunity for conflict. Okay? So if you're in conflict, means you disagree with one another, you have to listen. We have to listen to one another and try to reconcile whatever the issue is. Okay? So 
A quiet spirit. Ask the Lord for a quiet. If you know you don't have one, <laughs> ask God. For, ask the Lord to help you. He'll give it to you. Which in the sight of God is of great price. It's a great value. Great price. You know, we read and we teach out of um, Proverbs 31 sometimes. Proverbs 31, woman, you know, who can find a virtuous woman for a price of, you know, far above rubies and talks about all those wonderful things she does for her husband and her family and how she's honored and trusted and things like that, you know. And it talks about the great price that is. Um, by the way, there's a Proverbs 31 man, too. And, and he needs to be that one that talks about, in the beginning of the proverb, it talks about the guy who's not getting drunk and who, who stands up for the poor and who speaks out for the spe speechless, you know, that guy. But anyhow, that's not what we're talking about today. After the man of old, then it talks about the women of old and, and Sarah and the older women, you know, the women way back in the day, not today's woman, but way back in the day, she called her, she honored her husband. Now, our women, we expect the wives and husbands to honor each other. Amen? Right? But um, back then, they actually called them Lord and Sir and things like that. It's amazing. Okay? And it says that you are daughters of Sarah. You know, you Christian women are daughters of Sarah because you're children of Abraham, so you're daughters of Sarah. Okay? And so we thank God for that. So that's important. So again, um, if, you, if you're a Christian woman with an unsaved husband, or even if you're a Christian man with an unsaved wife, this principle still works. If you're a Christian and you have unsaved um, a teenage and adult children, you know, this, the principle still works. Or anybody that you have to work with that you're in contact with all the time, your business partner or your co-workers, you don't have to preach to your co-workers every day. You have to live safe in front of these people. This is a principle that will work in your relationships. Okay? Um, you, uh, let's go back to the job again. You have coworkers, you have peers and coworkers and classmates. You know, you don't have to witness to them all the time. You don't have to hand them a track every time you see them. You don't have to tell them every day, every Monday, what was preached at your church. You don't have to do that. You have to be a witness, but your witness has to be your conduct, your behavior. Why don't you come to work on time? Why don't you be respectful to the boss? You know, why don't you do things like that? And that would be your witness. And when you get an opportunity to talk as the Lord gives it to you, it'll be more effective. You know, you don't want to be that person who reveals to people that they're a Christian and the folks around you are surprised. You don't want to be that person. Okay? When they find out that you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, they should do an aha and say, that's why I understand now. It makes sense to me. It should be that way. So you and I, we have to conduct ourselves in the proper manner. Amen? Amen. And so that's the important thing. That's what we want to get here. Now, we want to look at verse 7 real quick. We're going to talk about this next time, Lord willing. It says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that, the, that your prayers be not hindered. When it talks about, um, well, first of all, you don't want to be an ignorant husband. Okay? It says, live with them according to know what you know with whom you live with. 
husband, know your wife. I'm not talking about you know her like Adam knew Eve and conceived Cain, but we're talking about knowing her. What, what is she feeling? What, what does she like? What is important to her? What, what is her love language? What is the things that will help me to be a better husband to the woman that the Lord has blessed me to be the husband of? Okay? You know, you have to get some information. You have to pray for your wife. I had my wife tell me one time we was having some discussion, and I was being ignorant, I guess, and I didn't know. And she looked at me and said, don't you pray for me? And I was like, wow. <laughs> I said, yeah. Well, some things you have to know. Man of God, you have to know some things, and there are some things you need to know, and she's not going to tell you. And you're going to have to know it anyway. Your response, ignorance of the law is no excuse, right? And even if she doesn't tell you, Straight out, you need to find out, you need to know. And I don't know how you're going to find out unless the Lord talk to you. You're going to have to be in the spirit. You know, the Lord's going to have to talk to you about that woman that you married, that you chose, okay? And you chose her, you married her, and um, you're going to have to find out some information. You know, maybe, maybe your mother-in-law can help you or somebody like that, but you're going to have to learn your wife. You're going to have to be prayerful. You're going to have to be open. You're going to have to learn how to listen and listen to her and and, and I'm not telling you to eavesdrop, but listen to the conversations around you. If you're in the same room, listen. Listen to how she talks to her kids. Listen to how she talks to her sisters or her brother or whoever she gets to talk to. Listen to how she talks and, and get some insight. You need to get some insight. Man, do not be an ignorant husband. I didn't mean to go this far. I meant to say this for next week, but let me go here since we're here. Okay? All right. And honor her. As the weaker vessel, you know, they say the chivalry is dead. You know, we used to carry girls' books in school when I was, when I was young enough to do that. You know, carry the books home. You know, mom comes home with the groceries. Go out to the car and get those groceries. Don't make her carry that stuff around the house. She wants to move the furniture around. Don't make her do it. You do it. Be Honor her as the weaker vessel. The vessel means the physically weaker. Amen? She's, in most cases, she's physically weaker. Now, we got some women, we got some brothers, and it's, it's the opposite way. And I understand, okay, so. But, but honor her that way. Um, go ahead and be the protector. Okay? Go ahead and be the lifter. Go ahead and carry the load. And it means, also, we need to be carrying the emotional load as much as we can, too. All right? And, and the business load, the financial load, the business load, we need to be carrying those things. We shouldn't put all that stuff on our wives. Amen. Amen. We need to be carrying stuff. You know, and I understand that you're equal, right? And she's just as smart as you are, and, um, and, she, and she can make just as much money as you make, and maybe even more, and things like that. But you need to be um, you need to provide leadership and influence in her life. And you need to love her. You need to love her in such a way that when your children grow up and they learn how to respect her because you show the respect. Okay? You show respect to your wife and your kids will be respectful to her anyway. And that's important. And when they take wives and husbands, they'll be respectful to each other because they learned it at home. And hopefully, 
they learned enough to choose the correct one and have the Lord guide them and your influence too. All right. So look what it says here. All right. It says here, honor her as the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life. We are heirs together. She has the same salvation if she's saved and you're saved. She has the same salvation, the same Jesus, the same Lord, the same Christianity that you have. All right. And you're heirs together the grace, the grace of life, the grace, the unmerited, undeserving, unearned favor of the living God. She has what you have. You're not more saved than she is. You may act like you are. <laughs> you know, we used to tell people to behave a certain way. You ain't saved. Excuse me. You know, because they, because they disagreed on something. How can you be saved and, and agree with this? But you know, the salvation is by grace. It's not by your actions and what you do and stuff like that. Right? It says that your prayers be not hindered. Your prayers what? Your prayers for your wife will not be hindered if you know your wife. Okay? Now, it's always good to pray. It's even better to know what you're praying about. Okay? Because if you don't know what you're praying about, you're praying, you're praying out of the will of God, and you can't expect that to happen for you. Okay? We need to pray for her. Pray for her strength. Pray for her health. Pray for her emotions. Pray for anything that's going on in her life. If she's out in the business world, she's working, and most of them are, they're out in the world working, and they're reporting to somebody who is not you, right? You need to pray for that. You need to pray about that. You know, I, I used to, um, my, my wife has some friends and um, people that report to her, and I'll call one, one sister, and I'll call up and say, you know, call them to speak to Linda, and um. And she'll say, well, she's in a meeting right now. And I'll be playing around and say, you tell her her man is on the phone and come out to this phone. Right? And, and um, her coworkers just start laughing. I start laughing, too, because I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> I might be the man, but at this moment, she is in, she's responsible to somebody else and doing something else. Okay? And so I have to be more reasonable. I mean, I really feel like I'm important enough for her to stop what she's doing and come to the phone. But, you know, when you're on the job, when you have these uh, business responsibilities, you just can't break away and go talk to your husband or your wife. Okay? You can't do that. You know, they might break away and talk to their kids. But, you know, but you can't just break away and talk to your husband. Your wife has to understand it has to wait. And, you know, wait to be called back, those kind of things. But listen, listen. Here we go. It's important. What's important for us is to honor one another, treat one another decently, be respectful to each other, all right, and, and love. I hope you love your spouse. I hope your spouse loves you, right? Now, I understand there are situations that we can't cover right now. And there are a lot of what-if questions. If this was a Bible study, somebody raised their hand and said, well, Pastor, what if this? And what if that? And what if the other thing? And I understand there's a lot of what if questions. And we can't cover that in this setting. But what we can do, we can always pray. And if you want to send a, a text message or an email, and we can look at some of those questions and try to deal with them together. Amen? But the thing is, we have to understand that if you have a Christian wife, Jesus is your father-in-law. 
and you have to answer to him. If you marry to someone who's not a believer, you have to be praying and you have to be watchful and you have to conduct yourself in such a way that you draw them to Jesus. They're already drawn to you, hopefully. Okay? But you have to conduct yourself in such a way that they'll be drawn to the Lord. I need my husband to be saved. I need my wife to be saved. I want my children to be saved. You know, I need to conduct myself in such a way and be such an example that they're drawn to the Lord. I want them to be drawn to the Lord. I want them to be saved. Amen? You know, I want them to come to Christ. I have a friend who has a daughter whose who daughter is a teenager and then grew up, and she was a little rebellious, and, and the Lord told him, leave her alone. Right? Now, he's concerned about his child, right? He's concerned, and he wants to talk to her, and the Lord told him to leave her alone, okay? And what happened was that same Lord provided a couple in the church that was drawn to her and that loved on her and that spent time with her, and eventually she came to the Lord. She came to faith in Jesus Christ. Because the dad was told to leave her alone, and dad obeyed God despite his own urges. He obeyed God, and that young woman is sweetly saved today, working for the Lord in ministry. Sometimes, saints, I'll say it again, you got to shut your mouth. You need to be quiet. All right? We need to know when to speak and when to hush. All right? And the Lord will teach us that. I understand it's a burden in your heart. And, and it's, 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 you got this urgency, and, and time is short, and we don't know when the last day is, and you want this done. You have to trust God. Trust God for those people in your life that you want the Lord to save. You have to trust him, all right? Depend on him. Lord, I'm going to trust you for the salvation of my husband. I'm going to trust you for the salvation of my family members. I'm going to trust you for the salvation of my friends and cousins and people and co-workers and people. Amen? You have to trust God. He's the only one. He's the only one that can do this thing for you. Because you and I can't save a soul. We can't save ourselves and we can't save anybody else. And we can't talk them into it. You're not that skilled. And if you were a great debater, you can't talk them into it. They have to come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ on their own. The Lord will draw him by his spirit, and then they'll say yes to the Lord eventually. It'll take a while. <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen within a couple of days. It may take years. I know families would take years for that husband to come to faith. Years. The wife got saved. The children were saved, and that father, husband, took a long time to say yes. But he came around. And not just one family. I know several families of that, of that situation. Amen? I know families where the children came to faith first. And then the parents came. You know, the children were sent to Sunday school, and they got saved. The Lord saved them. And then eventually their parents got saved. You know, the Lord saved their parents eventually. It didn't happen right away. It took a while. And saints, church folk, listen, we can help these people. You know, you got a member in your church, and you know their husband is not a believer. We can help by acting right, by being respectful, 
okay, by encouragement, even by inviting that man out or that woman out to be in fellowship with you. So it won't be always on the spouse. It'll be on the, the body of Christ to be a help to that individual and to love on him like he was a brother, okay, and to love on her like she was a Christian woman, you know, and, and to do things that would be a benefit to them. So when they think about Christ and when they think about the church, they can say, that church is okay. You know, they, they, they love my wife and they do things for us and, and, um, and they don't get in our way. And they're not in our business. Amen. You know, because it's a terrible thing for a Christian woman to be faithful in her church, right? And for that husband, that unbelieving husband, to think that he's being neglected because of the church stuff. Oh, it's terrible. Listen, you know, it's bad. It's bad for a woman of God in the church to prepare something for her pastor and not for her husband. You get your pastor in trouble doing stuff like that. He will be angry with him. Ask me how I know. Okay? You can't do that. You always got to take care of your home. Do your home first. Then do your church. Saints, man, woman, husband, wife, take care of your home. Then take care of this church stuff. That's your, your main ministry is in the house, right? That's your main ministry. Take care of that home first. Then take care of the church stuff. I know what I'm saying is challenging for some of you. Okay, but it's true. It's right, and this way, this way, that person that you want God to save will be drawn, will be pulled in. Amen. Praise God. Now, listen. Um, we're not talking about all the situations. We're not, we don't. We're not talking about abuse today, and and those other situations. Uh, but I'm gonna just put this out there real quick. If there's abuse going on, if you're being abused, don't keep it a secret. Okay, whether you're the, um, the, the man, the woman, or even the child, do not keep it a secret. All right, that has to be exposed. That has to be brought out in the open, and it has to be dealt with. Okay, and if you don't know who to go to, come to your pastor. Let me know about it. Um, if, if there, if there's, there's doctors, there's school officials, and there's other people you have to not allow the abuse to continue. If there's abuse going on in the home, it has to be exposed. Okay? It has to be exposed, else it will continue. And it will continue and on. It will be passed down from generation to generation. You wonder how this happened, you know, because it wasn't dealt with. Those things have to be dealt with. Amen? Amen. Anyhow, that's enough for today. We're going to go over some of this again next week. Uh, we want to talk more to the husbands, all right, because we don't want ignorant husbands in the house of God. Praise God. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, and we need your help. Help us, Lord, to live in such a way that you be glorified. Help us, Father, to have good works among people so that you be glorified in heaven. And that you'll be able to use us to draw people to Christ. Help us in this way, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Teach us, Lord, how to, how to speak, 
how to conduct ourselves, how to listen. And we trust that the words of our mouths will be in the meditation of our heart. Be acceptable in your sight, even amongst people. Oh, Lord, our strength and our redeemer, we thank you for it even now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. And if you're not a believer today, um, if you don't know the Lord for yourself, it's just a matter of asking him into your life. For by grace are you saved through faith. It really is the gift of God. You can receive the free gift of salvation just for the asking. Just ask Jesus in, and he'll do that for you, and he'll make all the difference in your life. And we thank you for this time you spent with us. We appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. Appreciate your online giving. We thank you for these things even now in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you very much. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. To support our ministry with your tithes and offerings, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.